We finally made it to Friday, Win Daily MLB DFS show. Check us out at WinDailySports.com. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button. We're here every single day to turn your love of sports into a profit center. And obviously, we're sponsored by the Sharp app as well. So go download that Sharp app for free in the Apple Store or Google Play Store. But Adam, Friday night, big slate, nice slate. But we got some question marks up top in the mid-range, low-range. A lot of this week in the past couple weeks, these low-range guys have been paying off. Top side of it, been a little shaky at times. And now we got two aces. If if we if I I don't even know how we got to this point. I don't even know how to say it. Like Nestor Cortez is an ace, and our guy Lauer of Milwaukee. Like I don't. What's what's more surprising that Lauer is an ace that we're discussing, or Cortez is an ace that we're discussing right now on a Friday night? I think it's Lauer, but I mean honestly, you you can make an argument for any of these any of the two. And then, you know, you have Manaya who's over five figures, which is always just absolutely terrifying, at least me personally, because Manaya's a guy that just, man, I, I don't think I ever get him right. He annoys the crap out of me. And DK finally fixed their uh, Tariq Skubler. He's not 6K this this time in the rotation. He's actually priced appropriately at 9,500. So that was, that was good to see, because I'd rather, I'd rather people not be, you know, making him 60% in GPP, that that chalky, and then him go for 30 DK. But, yeah, this is – it's kind of a weird – I don't know if I want to say tough slate because, I mean, we have some super talented pitchers, but the salaries and the matchups, I, I can raise a red flag with pretty much anybody up top and say, okay, they have a definitive path to failure, even as talented as they are, especially with their price tags involved. So let me let me just say this though. You know, if I had to take a choice between Cortez and Lauer, do you use this against Cortez or use it as a positive against Cortez? He just pitched against the White Sox. Eight innings, three hits, one earned run, which is a home run, seven K's. He drops thirty-two point two DraftKings points at basically the same salary. He was ten five last week, now he's ten six. Same matchup, but he goes from on the road, you know, pitching at, in, in, in Chicago versus pitching at home. What What's your thoughts about a pitcher going back against the same lineup? Because we don't really want to target Chicago, but also they do strike out a bunch, and, and Cortez just blew through this team. Thoughts on Cortez over Lauer? So I, I do side with Cortez over Lauer. Um, generally, in my opinion, it's a slight knock against the pitcher when he when he faces an offense twice in a row, especially one that is talented like Chicago, uh, that is better suited for lefty pitching, which the White Sox are. But at the same time, like Cortez has just been so good this year. And for the most part, he's been so consistent. It, you know, when you factor in the matchup, not just like for him personally, you have to feel pretty good about him getting a win at home with the Yankees offense going against Dallas Keuchel. So when yep. you factor in, you know, even if he has kind of a rougher outing, you have to think he's going to get at least five. At least if he gets me five innings, gets me, you know, four or five strikeouts, and then gets me the win. Like, if that's the worst case scenario, that's probably not going to end that badly for me. And he's been better at home. It's a small sample size, but he's averaged 26 at home, 21 on the road. 
I think he gets a slight bump uh, for the K upside over Lauer. So if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with Cortez over Lauer in this situation. Agreed. And I, you know, Chicago, a little bit more pop, obviously, than Washington. Washington's a team that I don't fear. Like, I want to target Washington a lot. So I'm not against Lauer. I don't, I'm not pitching both these guys together. It's not like a slate no. where you got Garrett Cole and Scherzer going together. Like, you know, they're going to go off. One of these guys might falter here. I wouldn't be opposed to making, you know, a couple lineups if I'm entering a bunch of lineups of them together. But I think the the optimal choice, even for cash, single entry, and GPP, is to take one of these guys up top and then pair them with somebody in the mid-range or this low range because it's going to be tough making a lineup and we want some big bats here. Um, Cortez, over under eight and a half right now, minus 195 favorite. And then let's look at Lauer um, and see where he's at. Um, under over under is eight basically the same favorite minus 190 at home so vegas is saying for the most part same same story here i think the k upside is with cortez here and you know the yankees are probably gonna win this game pretty easily here but adam let's talk about this mid-range i wrote down a couple names i want you to tell me is there any possibility you want to play these guys let's start with robbie ray Boston's been swinging hot bats. They're waking up. Ray finds a way to get those Ks, but is there too much risk at this price point to to go in on Ray in this matchup? There's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of risk, but at $8,000 for a guy like Robbie Ray that has struck out 19 hitters in the past two games, yeah, he's going to give up production. You know that going in. That's just kind of baked in. But the K is the almighty king in DFS. Yep. I mean, look, look at look at just the last start. Not many pitchers give up five earned runs and still end at 20 DK. Yes, yep. you got to win. Yes, that helps. But he still struck out nine guys. And honestly, the way Boston swung the bats last night, they might be a little bit tired because they scored like 15 runs. Trevor Story might might have just hit another home run for all I know. Dude finally broke out a little bit. He went for 60-plus DK points last night. They might not have anything left. Ray might just be able to blow fastballs by him all night. Yeah, so Ray's price tag is what got me interested. Look, in a in a bad game, he probably still gets you 15. As long right. as he doesn't get blown up. Like, right. some pitchers have gotten blown up. You know, a guy on the Red Sox got blown up in Ivaldi in, in a similar spot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, as long as that doesn't happen, Ray's K upside, they let this guy pitch even in a bad outing when you thought he might get pulled in the third, the fourth. He goes out there for another inning, and he goes out there and gets those points. So I think Ray is interesting at AK. Definitely some downside here. Then the next name I, I, I wrote up is Silseth. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this dude's name right. I honestly never seen him pitch with my own eyes at this point. But what do you what do you see in the numbers? Because he's only got one start this year. Went six innings. It was against the same team in Oakland. Only four Ks, but only let up one hit and two walks. What do you know about this guy? Yeah, so he's definitely still a mystery bag because he has not pitched AAA. So we're we're talking not only a limited sample in the majors, we're just talking a, a you know minimal sample as a professional pitcher in the Angels organization. There's not yeah. a lot to go on. So when we look at you know the first starts that he made, he goes six innings. He's only he just turned 22. But he goes six innings. He had a 391 XFIP coming out of it. The strikeouts weren't spectacular, 
but he had that in the minors, uh, 37% strikeout rate this season. But what was another good thing is 61% ground ball rate. So if you're not striking hitters out, I want the ball on the ground. You know, I don't want it in the air. I don't want hard contact. He didn't give up a single hard hit, generated ground balls. The strikeouts, you know, they're a question mark for sure. And that's definitely one thing that Robbie Ray has in spades over the kid for, you know, $200 more. So if I'm picking, I'd probably, especially in GPP, I would just take the the upside of Robbie Ray. But at the same time, like, you know, you said you didn't want to pitch Cortez and Lauer together. If you made a lineup with Robbie Ray and Siltes together, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, talking about Silseth a little bit, over under eight, minus 170 favorite. So he is, he might be safe, even though we don't know much about this kid. The fact that you're telling me he has a 37% K rate in the minors, um, the fact that he's going against Oakland, the fact that Vegas has him as a big favorite here, and he just had a good performance against Oakland, he might be slightly safer um, in this matchup in a pitcher's park going against a weaker offense. And if he does now, like let's sprinkle in the fact that he could go out there and strike out five guys and go six innings. And the fact that he, in his first start, got 81 pitches, they probably push him to 90 if he's clear this time. I don't know why they they would hold back if in his first start he went 81 pitches, only up one hit. If he gets a couple more Ks, he goes 95 pitches. He gets another inning in maybe. I think he's in a good spot here. One other name I'll mention, or actually two other names I want to mention, maybe three, might be lying. Carrasco versus Colorado. I know it's Coors Field. The over-under right now is set to 10. Carrasco is a minus 135 favorite. His K prop is at four and a half, which I kind of like the over-run. I'll, I'll kind of, you know, allude to that later. But any shot you play, Carrasco, and then you can talk about your guy that you're most likely to talk about regardless. You got your boy Lynch against Minnesota here. Any love for those two guys? Yeah, I think Carrasco's probably like a 20 max play. Um, you know, if you're just in three max single entry, I don't think that's a pitcher for you. Um, and, and part of it is Colorado has been in Colorado for now a few games. That offense is already kind of adjusted. You know, we've, we talked about the adjustment period, although that didn't work out the last time. But, you know, as a general rule of thumb, there, there is, you know, one or two game adjustment period a lot. The Rockies aren't going to face that. You know, Carrasco has, has shown plenty of upside, but he's also shown games where, you know, two of his past four, minus 9.4, he can have rough outings. So I probably won't go there tonight myself. I think there's enough other options I don't need to. As far as uh, Daniel Lynch goes, I, I can't get a beat on this guy, man, because he's just – he's really faced just a gauntlet against lefty pitching. So he's faced so far this season St. Louis, Minnesota, the White Sox, the Yankees, Baltimore, and then in Coors Field. Like, that's an evil schedule for a lefty pitcher for the most part. He's there's held like up. One, he's held, he's one held easy up. matchup in that whole yeah. thing. And that so, was his worst start. That right, was his worst start against Baltimore. <laughs> I, I think he's starting to put some things together. You know, he was, he was a kid with pedigree when he came up last season. People were excited about him. He's a big lefty. He's got the tools. I don't think his price accurately represents the upside he could bring to this league. Here's the thing that I'm going to just mention. I think he's playable for GPPs. Will will he be my first build? Definitely no. not. Yeah. Um, there's some upside there. Vegas has him as an underdog. 
and they have the over under eight and a half. And they got this kid as the favorite in this game, minus, I think it's minus 135 right now. This kid Smelter. It's been funny, like every day on draft, because I just never play like this. It was never like for the past 10 years of playing draft, because it was never like, all right, let me get somebody at the top and let me get the lowest price guy, because he's probably the guy with the best upside. It's been working every day. So, like, now I kind of like gravitate. Who's the guy on the bottom that's going to have the upside? Is it going to be Marquez in Colorado? Hell no. Keiko against the Yankees? No. Wells versus Tampa Bay? Probably not. Saval versus Detroit? Probably not. Beaks? No. So, is this kid Smeltzer against Kansas City? He's only had one start this year, two Ks, five innings, three hits, one earned run. He was $4,000 last week. Now he's 5100 Thoughts on him as a favorite? You know, hopefully he gets a win. We can't count on that, but he's going to the road against KC. Not an offense that I fear. Is he the best guy under 6500 Yeah, I think if you're trying to punt, he's kind of it by default. Um, you know, he did have a good start, but he's got just about 75 career innings in the majors. 495 XFIP, you know, not really much to write home about there. It's a little scary. His K rate yeah. is under 19%. At the same time, like, you have to remember what you're paying for. It, it's 5100 If he gets you 15, you're pretty much set at that point. You're, you know, you're talking about a pitcher that is is less expensive than quite a few hitters on the slate. I, I didn't do the exact count. There's a lot of hitters over 5100 So when we get to that range, like you almost have to be interested by default because 14 points is a home run. So if you're yep. chasing home runs with guys that are that expensive, there's no reason you can't chase 15 with pitchers that expensive to pay up for big bats. You know, if you want to do the Yankee stack against a lefty and a bad one at that in, in New York, Smelter's a guy you probably look at to, to fit judge Stanton, um, you know, Donaldson, all these, all these guys you want in that stack. No, I agree, man. My first line of build was a Yankee stack with Cortez and Smeltzer as my pitcher. So, look, there's options to go for. Pitching a little tough on Friday. We're going to be in our expert chat discussing it all day long. Articles up at windailysports.com. Maybe we'll make Adam's article for free tomorrow as well on Friday so we can lock in and check out his pitching breakdown. A lot of the pitches we just mentioned will be in there. Now, as far as stacks go, as far as the gas can that you want to attack, there's three teams that I mentioned I wrote down here. Um, Keuchel going against the Yankees. I don't know how this guy is still pitching in the major leagues, but he's a professional, man. He finds ways in and out of jams, and he might do it again, but I will keep on stacking the Yankees anytime they face Keiko. And They just faced him last week. The guy only let up four hits, no earned runs, three walks. I don't think that happens again in New York. No, you know, so either. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in this case, facing a guy in back to back weeks, this type of pitcher against the Yankees, I think it's gonna end bad for him. So I think the Yankees are gonna be a popular stack. And then you got the Mets that won another big game. Alonzo hit a moonshot walk off on Thursday against St. Louis. We got some bad news. Mad Max is going to be out at least six to eight weeks, but hopefully we have enough of a lead to hold that in the NL East. So you got the Mets against Marquez in Coors, and then you got the Rays against Wells. What's your thoughts here? How do you rank these three teams? Are they the top three for you, or do you got some other teams that you're looking to stack against? 
No, I would I would definitely agree on those. They're probably the top three. Um, you know, Wells was was kind of the first guy I gravitated towards for a Gaskian, because then you get into the Baltimore bullpen. I mean, the Yankees are going to be popular. I feel like for maybe the past two weeks when we've talked, they've been popular every day. You guys kind of know the names that you want to play by now. Um, you know, they're they're not cheap. I mean, Judge is over six grand. Um, whatever. I don't care that the dude's so hot. It, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, but yeah, when you're looking at this, you know, it's kind of hard not to like the Rays. Alex Wells, you know, to the lefties, he's given up a 359 Woba. To righties, it's a 4.75 XFIP. Like mm. you can you can get him from both sides. So, you know, you don't even necessarily need like just lefties or just righties, which plays into the Rays' hands because they, they have plenty of each. So really, no matter what way their lineup shakes out, it's still going to be interesting. It'll still be a good one to chase. Yeah, look, you know, Marquez, I actually liked him as a pitcher last year. I actually pitched him whenever he was outside of Coors Field. He's pitched in Coors Field for quite some time. These numbers don't look good to start the year. 28 innings, 34 hits, 19 runs, 7 home runs at home. So he's letting up a home run like every four innings. Um, Give me that. Um, The Mets have been swinging hot bats. They're they're expensive as well. There's going to be some cheap options here because – um, it cans out a catcher, so Mazika might start. He's 2,400. He might get into one. He's already hit a home run this year um, in limited action. So I think the Mets are definitely in play. Over-under is 10 right now. That probably goes higher here. Uh, Marquez has been shaky. I do think the Mets are definitely in play as well. Some sneakier stacks that we might not have spoken about yet. Milwaukee against Fetty at home. They're yeah. expensive. Um, a little bit too expensive, but that will bring ownership down even more on this team. Nobody really likes stacking Milwaukee for whatever reason. So Milwaukee cheap at home against Fetty. Um, Houston against Martin Perez, which is basically Dallas Keuchel, um, just on a different team. Houston's been hitting pretty good as well. Um, Guriel has been super hot. Um, Alvarez has been good all year. Altuve is on fire. So Houston in play against a weak lefty who always finds his way out of it. I think Toronto can be slightly stink and sleeky here because, look, Castillo, he can be boomer bust. He can be walking people in. I think I'm not going to go there unless I'm building more than 10 lineups. And then Seattle versus Waka. I think Seattle's in the spot as well. Um, any interest in those four teams? Any teams I didn't mention that you think could pop off and be a lower-owned stack for Friday night? I think Milwaukee's probably my favorite. Um, you know, Fede has given up a, a 1.67 whip, 4.88 XFIP against that left side of the plate. Wong, Yelich, Rowdy, Narvaez, all, all these guys. And like you mentioned, they're, they're not going to be popular. So it's really interesting to take that take that stack in GBP. You know, if Keuchel, like, granted, I don't think he does, but if Keuchel replicates that start he just had against the Yankees, that stack probably disappoints. So if you're, you know, if you're spending that salary on Milwaukee instead of the Yanks and getting guys at 8% as opposed to 25 and 30%, that, that's thousands of spots you're jumping if Milwaukee outscores the Yankees like in, in a big way. You know what I think is funny? Um, it happens pretty much every slate. I don't know if it's because it's a West Coast team, but the Yankees are popular all day, every day, and nobody plays the Dodgers. Like... <laughs> Everybody forgets how good this Dodger lineup is, and they're in main slates that typically lower own. I just want to get your prediction of this game, Philadelphia and the Dodgers. 
any spots to pick on here with Urias kind of struggling. Dodgers hitting well. Phillies hitting well. You got some power righties. You got guys like Freeman. Any any love for this early game? Um, I, I mean, I don't hate it. Um, you know, even though Urias isn't a guy that we've been playing like at all with his pitch counts and stuff, you know, he, he's really only gotten like completely torched once or twice. So I, I get it. You know, you can definitely play Philly. You can definitely play the Dodgers. Generally, though, like another offense. Got, just always... Adam, just cut you off though. He did just get torched by Philly. Like he that did. was a team that just torched him. Four home runs, eight runs scored, five earned runs in six innings. So just want to put that out there. That's why I asked. Like this game played pretty high scoring just last week. So that's why I was just mentioning maybe there's some love here with some lower ownership. Yeah, I mean, I think Urias is a better pitcher than that, so I would expect a better start, you know, this time around. But another offense that, like, nobody ever plays outside of Mike Trout is the Angels. I mean, I, I get guys, like, in their lineup that are 5%. Even Taylor Ward, who's been just ridiculous. The best hitter in the league, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I know Paul Blackburn has had a, a decent year so far. He's definitely taken a pretty nice step forward for the A's, but – you know, the, the, this Angels offense as a whole is still pretty underpriced for what they produce on almost a nightly basis. No, I agree with that. I definitely do. I just don't know about this spot because Blackburn's been really good, man. Like, I haven't – I pitched him from time to time, sub-2 ERA, 4-0, 29Ks, whip under one at .9. Dude's been pretty good, man. He kind of shut them down, 6.2-thirds innings, five hits, one on a run, so – uh, the Angels can go off anytime. I just don't know if it's going to be today. I, I do think the Dodgers and Phillies are, are kind of sneaky here. You move into a, a hitter's park as well in Philly. And Suarez doesn't worry me. And, you know, my one of my value plays of the slate, I do like Alec Baum. You know, if he's at the top of his lineup, um, $3,000 against Urias in a hitter's park, I think he's a good spot to go with. Where else are you going to for value? Um, on Friday night? Uh, I'm actually staying out West and sticking with the Angels because even if, like, you don't want a full stack, and I would completely understand that, uh, Renjifo's back from the IL. He's hitting, okay. like, six in this lineup. He's flat two grand minimum. Switch hitter. I mean, you're not going to get, like, a ton of pot from him, I don't think, but he's hitting over 300. And in that lineup, I don't really care where you hit. If you're the minimum, I'm interested. Yeah, look, there, there's a spot there. Um, there might be some spots in the rest of this Philly lineup, depending on the pricing and who gets to start. Um, outside of that, the only other place that I'm just going to throw out there, if you want some value, I'm not sure it's wrong with Ryu, but he's looked bad to start this year. Um, so it's a spot, and his three starts so far, Six earned runs, five earned runs, and one earned run. He's pitching to a nine ERA. He's only pitched 12 innings, and he's let up 12 earned runs. So take a shot potentially at some cheap righty bats for Cincinnati. If you can, when his lineup rolls out there, if you see some some affordable guys here in the outfield, um, a lot of them are, you know, a lot of a lot of them are expensive. Um, so we got to see who's the starters, but if we get somebody cheap at the top of the lineup. I might take a shot on, on somebody for Cincinnati. You got to see how this lineup rolls out. 
Um, but anything else you're looking at for for value, guys under 3K that you think can help build out a lineup? I think Mazika, you know, for the Mets will be in a spot um, that he'll be cheap. He's sub 3K, probably gets a start against Marquez. Anybody else you're looking at before we head out of here? Uh, not necessarily. I, I think we kind of covered the value guys that are obvious, but you know, you, you never know who's going to pop up in those lineups, you know, eighth, ninth hitter. That's, you know, 2k 2100 suddenly kind of lock everything that, you know, you're not really planning on, you know, in the morning and you get the lineup and it's like, man, I put this guy in and everything just clicks. Yeah. So make sure you hop on our discord, check out the article that Adam's writing. We'll post it up for free. So everybody can check that out. Our guy Jared's going to be posting another article. He also has a prize picks article and video that will be up on Win Daily Sports and on our YouTube page. Make sure you go download the Sharp app. Everything we do is in partnership with the Sharp app, so you can go download the Sharp app for free, get all your sports betting needs, NBA props, all that kind of good stuff as well. And we will continue on on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, get you covered on SiriusXM on Saturday and Sunday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Myself and Sia and Tony will be hosting this weekend. So lock in with us on Sirius. Have a good Friday night. Good luck in your DFS. Good, good luck in your props. Adam will be posting some props. I'll probably get some bets in on our Discord as well. So check us out over there. Everybody have a good weekend. And we are out of here.